this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We're defending the values of the whole world. Zelensky said. And these are Ukrainian people who are paying the highest price. We are truly fighting for our freedom. We are dying. We're not fiction. We're not a book. We're fighting for real with a nuclear state that threatens to destroy the world. The United States has contributed about $70 billion to your war effort. And I wonder if you expect that level of support to continue. The United States of America is supporting Ukraine financially, and I'm grateful for this. I just think they're not supporting only Ukraine alone. If Ukraine falls, Putin will surely go further. What will the United States of America do when Putin reaches the Baltic states, when he reaches the Polish border? He will. This is a lot of money. We have a lot of gratitude. What else must Ukraine do for everyone to measure our huge gratitude? We are dying in this war. Look, if Ukraine falls, what will happen in 10 years? Just think about it. If the Russians reach Poland, what's next? A third world war? What will it take? Another 70 billion? I don't have an answer. The whole world has to decide whether we want to stop Putin or whether we want to start the beginning of a world war. We can't change Putin. Russian society has lost the respect of the world. They elected him and re-elected him and raised a second Hitler. They did this. We cannot go back in time, but we can stop it here. I am convinced that if the Ukrainian military doesn't stop and repel that Russian invasion, it's not going to be too long before that Russian army crosses a border that our men and women in uniform are going to have to go and fight under our NATO treaty. So we were talking to our uh, cab driver or Uber driver. So this is where all the Ukraine money is gone. <laughs> Thanks, fucking Biden. He said he's never seen so many Ukrainians in Monte Carlo. Monday, 18 September, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Uh, Zelensky is coming, but it's not quite the uh, the showtime it was last time because people are have wised up to what the con is here. Uh, and of course, 60 minutes slobbers all over him last night. Couldn't even answer. Didn't have enough respect for this audience to deal with you straight and answer the question. The 70 billion, by the way, is just the military. It doesn't include, it doesn't include what we've paid. This typical 60 minutes doesn't include what we're paying in their pensions and their health care. Do you have a pension? Do you have a fully funded pension fund right now? Pension plan? Do you have a fully funded med medical? 
No, I'm sure you don't. You got it if you're in the Ukraine on your tax money. Does that make you feel good? You ready to embrace that? Zelensky's coming this week. I keep saying any any uh, any Republican that has a photo op with him ought to be turfed out in the primary season next year. Because you've put the globalist policies and the sovereignty of Ukraine on the eastern-speaking Russian border, which they've been fighting for thousands of years, and, you know, they've got this border dispute that has nothing to do with American national security, much less being in the vital. Remember, it's the vital national security interest in the United States where we have to get engaged, like over in Taiwan and the South China Sea. But here he's coming this week, Ben Harnwell from Rome. Uh, a couple of the three, uh, 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 Ben, if, you know, the 70 billion in, in the offensive and 60 minutes asked him no tough questions, no, not even tough questions, just logical questions on how the great offensive is going. The offensive is going so well. This is, I just want to tell the audience, here's how well it's going. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from Ben Harnwell or the Citizens Free Press people or any, you know, that is saw a, a speech uh, from the gray zone Max Blumenthal, who, quite frankly, was Andrew Breitbart's biggest nemesis, but he gave an amazing speech at the Ron Paul Institute that they called uh, called Ukraine the Big Israel and walked through kind of the logic of how we're going to be permanently involved in this. They've already set the structures that we're going to continue to pay for this, whether you voted out or not, being as anti-democratic as possible. But, Ben, what what tells me that he's on a roll and things are very successful in the spring offensive, which they all bragged about, has been going so great. They fired their defense minister, I think, 10 days ago and just came across the wire this morning that the six, six, count them, top deputies, six top deputies in the Ministry of Defense were all terminated over the weekend. I'm sure, Ben, that has nothing to do with how successful the spring offense has been and where'd the money go? Because, you know, they've been stealing with both hands and that's how you see the what they refer to as Ukrainian battleships. The Ukrainian surface Navy down there in uh, in Monte Carlo partying uh, with all the uh, with all the girls in bikinis down there. Ben Harnwell, your thoughts and analysis on the eve of Zelensky coming to Washington, D.C. Good afternoon, Steve. Well, yes, I mean, this is the tone is very different from what it was back in December when President Zelensky made his last visit to the United States. And you mentioned just now that Alexei Reznikov, the, the, the sacked Ukrainian defense minister, um, was often implicated, never quite directly, but uh, with corruption and, and huge disappearances of money that was going into Ukraine. Interestingly, when those six deputy ministers, those six deputy defense ministers were sacked this morning, the, uh, the government of Ukraine made, uh, made a special point of mentioning that they won't be invited back under the new minister. This isn't just a case of them handing in their resignations, let the new minister decide what he wants to do, and perhaps some of the better ones can be brought back up, uh, have their portfolios rearranged and reshuffled. The, the government made a point of saying they won't be coming back. Now, so the question is why? Now, in, I'd say there were two reasons. Uh, potential reasons. One, because of U Ukrainian domestic political opinion, which is a very, uh, I think, weighty consideration. But given the timing, Steve, given the timing that tomorrow President Zelensky is coming to the United States with, with an all-out pitch now, 
um, of, of which the military, the US military industrial complex, together with the mainstream media, have, have already started their production, of which the 60 minutes that we saw just a few minutes ago, the excerpt there, uh, is the hors d'oeuvre of what we're going to see now up until from tomorrow up until the White House meeting on Thursday. They are going all out now. This is a direct appeal to the American taxpayer and to the political class to stay the course and keep the money going. Obviously, you know, the, the, the background music to this is the 24 billion that President Biden has asked for or demanded from, from Congress. And, let, and let's see what the eventual response is going to be um, on that. Um, but so I would say that the reason that the six defence ministers, the six deputy defence ministers have sacked is because of, of, of the visit. So the question is, who, who called for this? This was probably, was this the Department of Defense saying before you come Zelensky, let's sort this out. We need, we need, a, we need a Ukrainian war 2.0 in order to prepare the American public for the hit that's coming. Now, certainly, I, I think the, the, the principal um, interpretation of this, the timing taking place right now today that, that I personally would have myself. Walk me through. So walk me through where we where we are right now because he's coming he couldn't even answer the you would think a guy he's taking 70 billion billion in, in aid in military aid he's taking that's just from us he's taking another tens of billions i think the number's 120 to 130 billion all end of because we're paying five billion a month we are paying five billion a month to support his government where does it stand with the europeans because I keep saying, if, if it's so vital, if he's talking about the Balkans, he's talking about Poland, where are the Europeans? That's a European, sounds like a European issue to me. Where's Europe? In that regard, Finland just joined NATO. Where's Finland's money? Where's Sweden's money? Where's that 1.5 trillion? Remember, there's 5 million Norwegians. Look, I love me some Norwegians. Great country, been there, fantastic people. Um, they got a $1.5 trillion sovereign wealth fund off the North Sea oil, and they're some of the smartest investors in the world. Where's that? Where, where's the? Where's the? Uh, where's the? Uh, where are the guys down at Stad? Stad? Where? Where? Where are all the Swiss? Uh, you know the big Swiss money guys, the Swiss bankers. Where? Where are all those beautiful locations in Switzerland? Where are all the Swiss? Where are the French? Where are the Germans? Where are the? Where is Spain? Where's Italy? Go to Tuscany and Florence. These places, they're mind-boggling in their wealth. They're mind-boggling in their beauty. Where's the royal family? Where's where's uh, where's uh, where's um, where's um, uh, Buckingham Palace and all this? Where are they? And 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 so the capitals of Europe. What are they thinking about this? Because I keep, I see them getting happy feet to wit the Poles, I think Slovenia and Hungary are all said we're not taking a Ukrainian grain. And Ukraine just announced this morning they're going to take them to the World Trade Organization. They're in a fight right there because they're saying, hey, they're undercutting. They're going to undercut our farmers. Our farmers not going to make any money. Ben Harnwell from the capitals of Europe. Where where do they stand? Well, you just mentioned Hungary. Hungary has played another blinder, uh, saying that it's uh, potentially it's, it, it doesn't quite know whether it needs to um, the, um, to approve the entrance of Sweden uh, into NATO. Now, this is, this is an internal debate on, um, in Hungary, but of course, if they don't formally ratify. That, that membership, that accession membership, and Sweden can't join. So there are there are um, 
murmurings taking place um, in continental Europe. I would say, however, that the biggest indication now that, you, that the European Union is, is not going to be leading the way anymore, as perhaps it might have been hoping to do 12 months ago, is the fact that the European Union's largest economy, its largest country, Germany, is heading into recession now. Um, it can't afford it. Uh, as much as it would like to, perhaps, I'm not even sure about that. I, th I think Olaf Schultz was, was pretty much bullied by uh, by the US in, in, into towing some sort of line. I, I just don't think it's going to be happening anymore. At least, you know, and if Germany can't afford it, you know, and that's the strongest economy in the Union, then the other countries can't can't do it either. I think they're, start, they're going to start looking at their toes um, when, the, when the hat comes round rather than putting any money in directly. But you were mentioning, you, you were mentioning um, again that this this sixty minutes thing. I, I want to draw a line here for, for our for our posse here. There's something. I mean, we saw the um, again in the cold open, Mike Pence saying rather bizarrely that the way that we might end up having U.S. boots on the ground there in order to fulfil treaty obligations. Perhaps you would like to cite which which treaty that's going to be, because I you know it doesn't look like uh, it, it would be the NATO uh, treaty. Um, unless he, perhaps he's forgotten that Ukraine isn't presently a member. And that is easy to forget for, 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 the, for our globalist political class. I, I have a couple of quotations that Zelensky came out with in this interview. Um, because it, the reason I said that this was a military-industrial complex mainstream media production is that they signally, in order to prepare the American public for this visit that starts tomorrow, the, uh, they signally, 60 Minutes, signally failed to asked the one question that I think is absolutely important when Zelensky is saying, oh, this is important here because if he, if he, if he invades Ukraine, he's going to go on to Poland. This is like a second Hitler um, and so on. Basically, every citation he has is that the natural pushback, you know, in as much as, you know, do you think uh, 70 billion is, is going to be enough? Uh, uh, how, how much do you envisage spending for the rest of the war? It's, that's a very valid question for, for, for an American journalist to, to to pose, considering that that it's largely America that's paying for this war. But above and beyond that, the question is: Is these is these things true? Are these things true that that uh, Putin is a second Hitler uh, on the verge of World War Three here, and, and that Ukraine is the last bulwark uh, stopping the Russian army flooding all the way through from the east into the rest of the European continent? That's the real question to ask. Because if it's not true, where is America's vital national interest? Um, so again, uh, Zelensky in every single interview, he's, he's now pushing this out, trying to make the connection in the American taxpayer's mind between, OK, so I can, we can, we, we, uh, that, that, that Ukraine is the last bulwark here. Um, and if they're not stopped there, then the troops will come in and perhaps that will fire off uh, NATO um, Article 5 uh, uh, measures from, from, from the other NATO allies. But to ask the question, is this true? Is it true? And to push him back, push President Zelensky back directly and says, is this true that President Putin has designs like a second Hitler? That's a quote, uh, a second Hitler. Um, is this true that Putin has these designs to occupy the whole of Europe? Because if that is true, then there would be a legitimate question for supporting Ukraine as America supported Great Britain in the Second World War. But if it's not true, that, that whole pretext evaporates and disappears. And, we, and the reason I say that this was a production from the MIC and the mainstream media is that they didn't ask the one question that any journalist who's following this would desperately like to ask President Zelensky. Is, are these things true? Are there any, um, are there any uh, backup 
arguments you can cite to suggest that this is true. Because, Steve, from where I'm following this, and I've been following this, like, for 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day for the last 18 months, I see zero evidence of this being the case. I see zero evidence that Vladimir Putin is a second Hitler that wants to come and occupy the whole of continental Europe. Um, and I think it's a rather preposterous claim as well for Zelensky or anybody else to make, at least without any backup um, arguments supporting it. Of course, there aren't any backup arguments supporting it because it's really not true. It's just a pretext, an artificial, synthetic pretext in order to present to the American public, to bludgeon them around the head. Obviously, the mainstream media is compliant in this to get out not only the 24 billion that they currently want, but uh, dollars without end, Steve. That's, that's, that's basically what Zelensky is trying to achieve here, just a, an open tap with an open-ended tap with dollars without end. Let's go back to... I want to remind people that it's basically been essentially confirmed by German intelligence, a lot of intelligence coming, that the Ukrainians are the ones... You talk about the you talk about the economy in Germany faltering. The Ukrainians went after the uh, the pipeline, right? I mean, the Ukrainians have been working against the interests of the United States from the beginning of this. How does he not have? How does he not have on his fingertips? And the guy says we put seventy billion in. He's got a twenty four billion dollar request, and Zelensky's handlers, by the way, which threaten. We should play that uh, if I can get that up, uh, producer. I want to play the Charlie. I want to play the whole thing of the uh, the Ukrainian, whatever this dude is, with the bad wig, threatening us, and then Charlie Kirk's uh, response to that. Okay, can we get that up? Um, the uh, the one we played last week. Don't look like it's uh, something you never th- heard of. We've played it a couple of times last week. My crack production staff here. <laughs> so um, Zelensky coming this time. They still got the arrogance. They threatened, uh, you know, they threatened anybody that that was uh, that at least mentioned how the Russian people had been our allies in in World War Two. They're saying people are pro Putin apologists. We're not apologists. I've said from the beginning, the KGB and the CCP are two sides of the same coin. But we abandoned we abandoned the Russian people to Stalin and his his uh, criminal element after the war. And essentially, we abandoned them even after the Berlin Wall fell. We got in business with the oligarchs, oligarch to oligarch, and kept these guys in power. And they're they're bad. They're bad units. They're bad as uh, the CCP. But the Russian people have always been our allies. Unlike, I don't know, Ben. What is it? Two thirds or half of the people in Ukraine fought with the Nazis in World War Two. That that entire tribute to the what to the Jewish people in in Kiev is because of the slaughter. Not just by German troops, but by Ukrainian troops fighting alongside the Wehrmacht. It's unpleasant to bring that up in polite co- in polite company, but those Dems is the facts. So, w- how does Zelensky get off saying when the guy says seventy billion, which is only half of what we put in, and he doesn't even have enough respect for people to address the twenty four billion that he's over here with this tin cup to beg the American people to put in, sir? Well, you know, where does he get off? Um, in a sense, he's now in a position where he doesn't have very much choice. You know, I sort of suspect that he never intended when, when Zelensky um, and um, his government sort of cooperated in creating, co- cooperated with, with the US in creating the pretext for um, 
for Russia to invade. I don't think Zelensky ever expected this to, to become a full-on war. I think he expected you know, a few cities to be bombed or what have you, and then he'd hit the, the US, you know, it'd last a few days, and then they'd gracefully surrender. Um, um, and then the, the US would come in uh, with, with, with tens of billions of dollars to rebuild the damage. Um, and of course, I do often refer on Getter to President Zelensky as President 10% Ski, because I think that was pretty much the plan for him and his top oligarchs to cream off uh, 10% or, 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 or who knows what the percentage would be on the rebuilding of Ukraine. I don't think what Zelensky ever expected was when he came out um, or politically even wanted when he came out uh, and sort of begged the US and the UK and, uh, and, and other countries to come in support, that they would actually do so, that they would so cripple their own national interest that they would, that they would sort of flood in and, and give public assurances um, of, uh, you know, until, well, what's the expression that Biden um, always uses, that we're, 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 with, we're, we're with Ukraine um, and we'll give Ukraine whatever it takes and, until the end. I don't think Zelensky uh, expected uh, that. And of course, in that situation, he's, he, he says, back down. He says, whatever it, ta- whatever it takes, however long it takes. It's an open-ended commitment. Hang on for a second. Let's see how they respond and they pay this back. Let's go ahead and play this clip with Charlie Kirk's response and now bring Ben in for observations. Trans monsters threatening to murder American citizens. We'll be right back. Simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation. What? So you have the gangster Zelensky who deploys this mutant on social media to say that your favorite Putin puppet is going to be hunted down. And by the way, we're going to come to Washington, D.C. and go give us more money. Where's the American State Department that comes out and says, yeah, 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 no, a foreign government is not going to go hunt down American citizens. And by the way, none of us, Tucker, Bannon or myself, are Putin puppets. We get called that, though, by the media, because we dare ask the question, why are we funding the war in Ukraine? You're a Putin puppet. We're going to kill you. Oh, really? I'm glad we're funding this. So we give these monsters $200 billion so they could do broadcasts where they stare into the camera and say, we're going to hunt you down. And you're, by the way, this is some sort of imminent threat. Who, what is she, what, what is this person talking about? What, what is this person leading to? That this Putin of pup is only the first, the Russian war criminal propagandist will all be hunted down. So if you speak in a way that they don't like, are Ukrainian mercenaries going to come to America and just start popping off people? That's what this person is saying. This video was made by an American-born person in English directed towards the West, not the Kremlin, saying that if you engage in wrong speak, we're going to murder you. All funded with 
Pentagon dollars, so U.S. taxpayers. So I decided to pay my taxes. All of us do. So I just wrote a check to the Treasury so I could send it to the United States Treasury so they could send the money to Zelensky so that they could have these people in the Ukrainian government come say that we are going to then come and potentially kill you if you say things we don't like. That's what we are funding. The Ukrainian government is not this some sort of good versus evil thing. What if I told you they were gangsters on both sides? To paraphrase Trump, <clears throat> there are gangsters on both sides. Relieffactor.com. 100%. Uh, ben, who is that mutant, as Charlie refers to him, the freak with the bad wig um, in our in our grill about who knows what uh, on, on the eve of Zelensky's, uh, Zelensky's uh, performance here in the United States? Um, it's a man... Uh, who goes by the name Sarah Ashton Cirillo. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a bad wig. I mean, just, just looking at, even at, I don't know how, I don't know how that person uh, ended up as an official Ukrainian government spokesman. Um, but he's clearly, clearly mentally unstable. I mean, just, even if, I'm not saying that all trans are mentally unstable, um, but just looking at this specific gentleman here as he's talking, I mean, you, just his delivery, you can tell that there's something unhinged going on. I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't have much to say uh, on terms of analysis on someone who is, I think, psychologically, um, psychologically why would, why would Why would Zelensky's – we're going to break once you hang on. Why would Zelensky, on the eve of coming – and he understands the firestorm, quite frankly – uh, McCarthy, as of now, has not scheduled any public uh, events with him. A hundred senators going to show up to the to the, his reception, including Tom Cotton and these guys who are just uh, you know going to sing his high hosannas. The House, because they understand the 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 primary is going to come up to all these guys. They're all be turfed out if you're in a photo op with Zelensky, because quite frankly, now people are not Zelensky fans. They've seen the corruption. They've seen the lies. They've seen it all, and they see what's happening in Monte Carlo and Monaco and all the places, as you've been pointing out to us, they're stealing the money, Egypt, and, and putting it to, what, Dar es Salaam, all these places. Okay, short break. Ben Harnwell from Rome. Uh, we're going to finish uh, up. we got more to say about the Zelensky situation. Plus, i got Frank Bill up, and uh, we're going to talk about the end of the patriarchy. How about that? into the patriarchy, not just in the United States, but throughout the world. Short commercial break. Back in the warm in a moment. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, 
we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Get the benefits of the sale. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. 
Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, welcome back. So there's so much to go through. I want to make sure everybody understands that just that all afternoon, uh, one of the big firestorms on the CR, which is essentially DOA, they're trying to resuscitate somehow the votes on Thursday, but I think this is going to be off the table well before then. They are a Ben. One of the things they're, they're, I mean, literally Donald's and General Perry, everybody's lighting up. They're calling me to make sure I understand and we please tell the audience that there's not one penny going to Ukraine. I mean, this is what they're saying. Please, people have to understand. They, they get that if any of the Ukraine supplemental was included in this, and by the way, there's plenty of money in Ukraine and all the defense and all these other State Department. So there's a lot of money in these in the CR for what they're what they're approving. It's got Ukraine money up to the, your eyeballs, but the 24 billion supplemental is not in there because they understand one thing, Ben Harnwell. If it was included, there would be 200 votes against it immediately. Boom! That is the third rail, the third death rail in Republican politics right now. How is that gonna? When he's not welcomed as a hero like he loved being back in December, when people have asked questions and done their fiduciary re- responsibility and realize this guy's a fraud and they want to know where their money went, we haven't even gotten an audio yet. Where did the cash go? As the New York Times reported the other day, where, where's the money? Uh, why did your six, why did you fire six defense officials this morning? Why did you get rid of the guy last week? Where's the money? Uh, the Zero Hedge got a huge story on, uh, they're going out of the way to avoid the draft now, leave the country, hide, or buy themselves out. Where's the money? How the European capital is going to take it when this Thursday is going to be a fiasco for Zelensky? He's going to come away with no money, sir. Um, well, I think some of the some of the, uh, the European capitals will be more. Um, they are more invested politically. Have sacrificed more to to cleave. To, to the US stroke NATO line here, Rome, for example, here, here in Italy. Um, I think um, Georgia Maloney has gone out of her way, uh, going, moving against her natural support base in order to, to stay very, very close to the US position on this. Um, and, I think, and I think she will continue to do so. But again, uh, the, and I think um, Macron has moved from being quite historically, as the French have been for ages, for years, um, has been quite NATO sceptic um, and US therefore sceptic to being quite uh, very much in, in the pro-Zelensky uh, camp. On the other hand, the rest of the, the, the capitals, uh, and perhaps you'll, you'll also see London um, will, will, will wait to, to see. But the rest of continental Europe is looking very much for an, an off-ramp here, an escape route. And I think more or less, I mean, I know it's, we're talking November of next year is, is, is a year away, but most of the conversations I'm having with people are basically saying, if this war can't be exited before then, at least, at least if Donald Trump wins next year, um, that will provide a, a very secure off-ramp for the, uh, for, for the world here. I think that's broadly where the European capitals are at this stage, Steve. Well, hopefully we can show the show the European capitals that 
we're on the off ramp now, and they got to pull the checkbook out and start writing some serious checks and get ready for. Mike Pence should talk about their manpower. We've already done it in World War One. We did it in World War Two. Uh, remember, in Western Europe in World War Two, we had very few allies. Nobody likes to talk about that. We had very few allies. We had the British. Um, we had the very tiny, and I mean tiny, resistance in France. Very brave, but quite small. Um, you know, we had nobody else, right? You had all the you had Ireland and Sweden. Had all these neutral countries. You had the Norwegians that had flipped. The the Italians that were there with them from the beginning. The the parts of Eastern Europe that had already signed on to them. Poland that had surrendered. The Low Countries that had surrendered. France that surrendered in six weeks. We had no, nobody likes to talk about it. We had the Russian people bearing the brunt of 60 million, 40 million casualties, 60 million casualties. Pick the number. The Russian people and the Chinese people. In the great World War II for the Eurasian landmass, the Chinese people took the brunt of Imperial Japan and the Russian people took the brunt of the Wehrmacht. Okay? Other than that, all these guys run around Western Europe they were either the enemies or they were collaborators. And there were some there was some resistance. There was definitely had De Gaulle and some resistance, but that's that's a handful. And to be brutally frank, if you talk about the combat history of the Second World War, it was all marginalia. That part. The big efforts were by the Russian people taking the brunt of it, absorbing those casualties in the Chinese people. The United States and the big effort we had around it was the lead to basically surround it and get there. But all the resistance groups were the marginalia. They were they, they were heroes, they were quite heroic, but it played very little tremendous heroic action. But in the overall big picture of what decided the war, it was marginalia. The efforts were the Americans, the American, obviously the, the arsenal of democracy plus the manpower of the Russians and the Chinese who bore the brunt of it. They never like to tell the true story of World War II. And to be blunt about it, we abandoned. We oversupplied Stalin and then Churchill and Roosevelt oversupplied Stalin. And then we and then we walked away from the people in Eastern Europe and the Russian people, left them to their Bolshevik masters. And the Chinese even worse. We turned the country over to Mao Zedong in 1949 with no military logic to it whatsoever whatsoever turn the country over to Mao Zedong and the Chinese communists because of the infestation of communists in FDR's uh, administration what was left over Harry Truman and the State Department all of the, the the administrative state at that time the deep state as was proven over time and proven by Senator McCarthy in spades and then abandoned them again in Tiananmen Square and the Berlin Wall fell your government Ben Harnwell, how do people get to you? Thanks so much, Steve. Um, I've had a couple of articles out on the daily email, and to, to get hold of my articles, folks, if you haven't already done so, please do register via the website at warroom.org to be on our... It's a superb daily list. I mean, there are so many different variations of newsletters that go out daily summaries. Yes. Uh, Jane Zirkel does a, a great weekly roundup. There's lots of great stuff there. I, I do articles there, Joe. Um, Jalen, excuse me, does, does articles. Fantastic. Um, Natalie, Natalie Winters. Yeah, we're, we're all there pushing out articles. So, so do register for that. And also on Getter. And go, um, go, your stuff's on fire. Go sign up for the newsletter today. Go get our email list right away. 
Ben, thank you. You'll be uh, thank you. keeping the hairy eyeball on Zelensky's trip this week. Quite important. The end of the My- patriarchy. One of the overall overarching issues of the time, along with transhumanism, Frank Bill, one of the most perceptive of writers about the situation of the working class in this country. Frank, I want to start with you there. You've got an amazing piece on toxic masculinity that you did, but I want to do it in the framework of the New York Times, the end of the patriarchy. Brother, where are we? I think it's a bunch of, uh, this is family friendly, so I'll say it's a lot of BS. You know, you have to look at where I come from and the, and the rural people. You know, my, my, my mother read Butter Homes and Gardens. She didn't read Miz. Um, these people, my people are too busy working and paying bills. You know, it was two people in a household working together. There was none of this feminism and you didn't define people by labels. You know, I, I've never understood this and it's, it's really gotten bad. But, you know, my dad worked three jobs. My mom worked in a factory. My dad lost his factory job and they worked together. You know, yeah, my, my dad was head of household, of course. You know, he's, he set standards for me, but so did my mom and my grandmother. Everybody always worked together. It's no different than me now. You know, when I work and my wife, my wife picks up the slack where I lack in things, you know, but we work but, together. But, but isn't, but isn't, know? but don't the elites, don't the elites, and, and the reason you're so unique today, there was more of you back in the 20s, but there are very few working class people that actually write and write at the level you do that, that draws your audience. Isn't this article in the New York Times about this book review, the elites are setting this and putting it in institutions. It's the end of the patriarchy. They see the patriarchy as from time immemorial passed down in Western civilization as oppressive, as basically it's been it's been an oppressor to the family. And in that, that's how you get your article about the toxic masculinity. The toxic masculinity is just one one front on this war that they're fighting overall. They want to destroy the patriarchy, which has been really one of the foundational elements of the Judeo Christian West. And this is not the man rules the household. Right. But the patriarchy, right, exactly. you know, we, 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 so, so isn't it the elites and in, in trying to change our institutions and putting this poison in our institutions that will achieve their objectives unless they're thwarted? Sure. I mean, I, I don't know how long ago it started, but basically my rant is always, why are you, you paying schools to teach your kids to hate you and where you come from? You know, you're, you're trying, like you said, you're getting rid of your values. Um, I, I think the, the rural class doesn't buy into it. I don't buy into it. I never have. Yeah, have we done things in our past that are bad? Of course we have, but every generation has and every continent has. Um, I've gotten so much, some some backlash about writing this. You know, people took things out of context and even said things that are even in the article, and I was just kind of scratching my head because they missed the point, you know. Well, talk, your, 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 article, your article talks about, your talk, article talks about being fit and men doing what they do and and even that people some of the comments are people coming after you because saying you're just pushing forward the toxic masculinity that's out there right but they're all they also miss an overall point that i wasn't just talking about exercise you're talking about the people like infrastructure that's built in this country their exercise was movement they were lifting heavy things to build roads to build bridges to build the buildings you know to, to farm and labor you know one person even said well these people didn't lift weights i didn't say they lifted weights but they lifted heavy stuff and they they took on a lot of things to do what they did to make this country what it is and it's great you know and that deals with churchgoers it deals with it deals with every every faucet of our being you know and Exercise is just something in 21st, you know, now in the 21st century that 
has has helped me and it's helped others. And I, I see a lack of it when people want to sit behind a monitor all day and then they have these mental health issues, you know, get out and do something. I'm not saying you've got to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, but get out and walk, be out in an environment, get away from your laptop, what have you, read books, read, re- read the Bible, you know, whatever, you know, but don't be influenced by all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, like the, the New York times article is, like I said, I'm sitting here reading scratching my head because I can't identify with it. You know, um, that's the first thing I thought was my mother. I'm thinking, well, my mom read better homes and garden and then she was done. You know, I mean, she, she was a homemaker. She was a cook. She did things in the, in the yard all over the farm. You know, it was just, it's completely different mindset. I've never understood that. Uh, I think there's just such a, a major disconnect between what somebody does maybe in the city or in the bigger cities and then the populations around them are so much different culture wise, you know, is it my family wasn't going to worry about subscribing to the New York times, not to knock them or the wall street journal, because they were too busy paying bills and taking care of their family. You know, they read the hometown newspaper. Um, so, you know, do you, do you think, <laughs> do you think there's a correlation now in modern society between people that work on screens or, or, people, these digital nomads in this massive, because the left keeps talking about a mental health crisis. I mean, we don't see it with the people we know and on our side of the football, but the left seems to have a, a this huge thing about a mental health crisis. And if you cut on MSNBC or CNN, I keep telling people, I said, we just consolidate all the, every other ad is from Big Pharma from some either funky disease they've got or, or mental health, depression or all this other stuff. Do you think there's a correlation between the lifestyle you're saying of working out and being healthy and out in nature and, and exercising every day with m- men doing that and in, in positive mental health, oh, yeah. mental hygiene Definitely. versus Definitely. versus yeah. the digital nomads who, who are just on di- in, in the digisphere all day long and have all these mental health, weird, you know, anxieties and depressions. Yeah, because it's a dopamine hit. Think about it. Where you get online, you start reading something, you switch over to something else. The next thing you know, you're in a rabbit hole. You know, you get outdoors and you have human contact with other people and you sit and read a book. It's completely different. When you read a book, you've got to be focused on what you're doing. It's the same thing whenever you lift weights. If you run, because I've ran 15Ks, 50K, 50 milers, you've got to be focused and it breaks you down. But when you're done, it creates another level. You know, you're striving to constantly better for yourself in, in a sense. Um I think as men or even women, uh, you have to have a mission, and that mission is just to keep getting better every day. You're going to have bad days and good days, but you don't give up. You just keep doing better. You know, you're a provider for your family and the people around you. You know, that's that's one of the things I've tried to, to make clear in the article, thanks to uh, SoftRev and, uh, and Guy Cradle for publishing the article. They loved it, you know, um, but is you have to step up. And you don't just step up because somebody asks you. Sometimes you step up when nobody's asking you, you know. Um, my wife's just as good as I am at doing that. She's always – she's got the biggest heart in the world, you know. She's always giving back to people all the time, reaching out and helping people. Um, I, I learned a lot from her. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, it's a two-way street. But, yeah, you know, probably, you know, another guy that I mentioned in this article, I don't really go out to say what each of these people do, but like Joe DeSena, you know, he created Spartan you know, Spartan races and because he wanted people to get off the couch. He wanted people to get out and do something. So he created these races that he does every couple of months and it gets you out. And it's, it's, it's about community too. You know, it's about people pushing themselves and not giving up, you know, Jocko Wilmick, he, he preaches it all the time. You know, when something bad happens to you, you know what he says? Good. 
That's it. That's his, that's his motto. Good. doesn't matter how tough things are. Um, you, you just keep going, you know, Hey, uh, you just lost your house. Good. You know, I'm going to work to get it back or I'm gonna get a better house. Those types of things. You know, we've got a generation of, I hate to say it, weakness. We do. I mean, we, we can, yep. you know, we can, we can pretend and walk around it and dance and say what we want all day long, but no. just because I don't agree with somebody and they to, don't agree with me. Yeah. Go ahead. No. We have to sort it out. And that's what I like about your article. It gets back to the basics. I want to, your article, as we get up and get her and have you here, it's the, it's the top, I think, traffic a driver over at one of the sites. Where do people go? This one right now, where they go on Getter, where they go on Twitter, where they go to get your writings? Because I want to drive traffic to you and your site. I want people to become more, get more access to your thinking. Uh, well, you can get all my books at bookstores and Amazon. I appreciate anybody who buys my books. You know, it's, it's a tough world writing books and getting getting to my audience. But yeah, I'm on Getter. I'm on IG. I'm on Twitter. I'm under Frank Bill, Frank M. Bill. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can message me anytime you want. I always answer any dms or messages and the getter crowd's tough man i uh <laughs> it doesn't matter what i post on there it, 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 until somebody such as yourself or, or grace latches on to it it's like oh hey here's this guy <laughs> but i, I appreciate all it's the, a tough all crowd R- rumble rumble rumble's even tougher trust me it's a tough it's a tough group out there yeah. frank you're an amazing writer we want to make sure we get a platform to get your voice out there so thank you for joining us here on a monday appreciate it hey keep doing what you do you're one of the people that stands out above the other. You, you you stood up when nobody asked you to you're doing things that nobody asked you to do and you're getting out and you're speaking to the people that's well, what you have to do so I, I, I commend you for that i appreciate that it's just we have a we have a duty and obligation to do that but appreciate it brother Yes, thank my you. My grandfather and dad would have not, not have not uh, would not have tolerated me not doing any uh, giving my all on this. Really want to thank uh, Frank. He's one. This is you talk about deep, deep forces, the economic forces, but they're also cultural and societal. That's why we spend so much time on transhumanism. Also, this other one is about the patriarchy, about the basic structure of the Judeo Christian West, and it is under assault. It is under assault. That's why Frank is such a, uh, to have his voice out there. I want everybody to read that article that he put up on uh, exercise and what it means to be a man today. So it's very, very important. Um, also, do we have it in Memphis? By the way, I want to thank the crack team here for getting the, uh, the uh, Charlie Kirk piece up. I thought that was very important for the last part. Um, I want to get, make sure that we get the, do we have the cover to the new uh, Birch Gold, Nixon? Uh, he's on Nixon's on the cover. Everybody go check it out today. You go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. This is the fourth free installment on the end of the dollar empire. We go back now to 1971. We talk about the forces of the Vietnam War and the great society, the societal upheaval in the United States, what drove at that time these massive budget deficits and their solution. Their solution was to get off of the the gold standard to make sure that it was not, although it started in the 1930s under FDR so he could spend as much money as he wanted. Nixon killed the convertibility of the dollar into gold and shut the gold window for foreign countries uh, to convert. That was the beginning of a domino effect, and we go through all of that that got us here today. So to be part of this discussion, you've got to go to Birchgold. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get that and to make sure that, uh, to make sure that you are, um, you're fully up to speed. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get the fourth free installment immerse yourself with it also ask the question why is the federal reserve 
spending so much time on a central bank digital currency, something we can never allow happen in this country? Why are they spend all their time trying to game the system and work on that? While the central banks of the global south, the BRICS nations that have all the resources, are buying gold at record rates in 22 and record rates in 23. What does that tell you about the state of the world's finances? Well, check it out. Go ask a Birch Gold representative today. But go do it today. Get up on your horse. Let's get something done. Okay, we're going to leave here. When the fire comes down from heaven, we'll see you tomorrow morning. We're going to leave you with the song. We'll see you tomorrow morning back here at 10 a.m. Back in the days of Noah, water covered all this land. Then the great rainbow promise started us on life again. And the good book tells of fires that will fill the earth someday. Then the sinful will be screaming as the earth shall pass away. When the fire comes down from heaven, this old Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.